Hello, and welcome to One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for board game news and reviews. This week, game designers Peter Gusis and Michael Kelly will review a cooperative game and have a related design discussion. Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for co-op news and playthroughs. And today, we're not doing any of that. We're doing our top games. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Peter, and I'm here with Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, everybody. I haven't done any top content. Nobody knows what I like this year. Well, Secrets, people. (laughs) It's hilarious because I put the game that I'm just assuming is going to be our top game as the cover. Oh, I haven't looked yet. No spoilers. I'm assuming we have the same top game this year. Like, I don't know. For me, it's really not close. So I think the interesting thing that people want to wait for at the end, though, is talking about our top games because I heard you talk about that before. But I think you're wrong, and I think you forgot about some games, so we'll talk about that at the end, because I think that will be something interesting and new, at least. Well, I'll also say, I, I kind of, uh, just to change things up a little bit, I sort of use slightly different criteria this time, so I have different top games, potentially. Oh. Or maybe not. M- maybe yes, maybe no. We'll see. So what criteria did you use this time? Because I'm curious, because I kind of did something different. Although, so, I, I have a mishmash of things. So, go ahead. What, what do you use? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I think in my... So, I, I did many top 20 lists <laughs> on the main uh, YouTube channel. For those, it was, like, purely my love of the design and, like, excitement for the game. This time, I factored in a little bit more both how cooperative it is, because this is, uh, the like, the podcast is even more cooperative-focused than the YouTube channel, and also how likely I am to get it to my table frequently. Many things didn't change much. It's not like my number one became my number 17, <laughs> you know, right. but but there are some differences for sure. Well, you know, that's always a criteria of mine. Games that I think will still be coming to the table years from now. Although I started with what game do I want to play most now? And I think I tend to do that anyway. But then if it comes down to being close, I'm like, okay, what game am I going to want to play in five years from now, 10 years from mm-hmm. now? So that's... That's kind of how my criteria goes. But before yeah, we get... I have a little bit of that too, I think. Well, I have a... But yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, before we get too much into this, first of all, Ryan's out there. Hello, Ryan. For those of you on the podcast that don't know, we do record this live on One Stop Co-op Shop stream channel now, uh, usually the Tuesday before we go live with our podcast. So if you want a sneak peek and not edited... Uh, go to the YouTube channel if you want it to sound a little bit cleaner with some of the ums cleaned up and everything. You can listen to the podcast. There's a little bit of visual today as well because I do have the list of the 17 games we're covering, like kind of scrolling. And then just so it's easier for people to follow, I'm hoping to. We'll see because this is a new technical technical challenge for me. I'm going to hope to stop on the cover of the game we're talking about currently mm. so that way people Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> people who come in in the middle of like us discussing a game can see what that is you know what i don't have right now though i don't have my list pulled up so let me get to that but we hey, have some... why, why don't i thank some patrons while you pull it up there yes yes <laughs> go for it Mike. so uh for those who don't know we have a patreon patreon.com slash one stop i uh, made it complicated and uh <laughs> We, we have a lot of things there. The, the two main benefits besides us helping the channel to uh, go and grow are that you get early access to many of our videos. And then I do at least two videos a month. We haven't had you do one of them with me in a while, Peter. Maybe we should do that again. It has been um, a while, but I'll happily do it anytime you want, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so uh, generally it's me doing one to two videos a month. 
I do other top 10 lists. I rank like all the games from certain companies. I do like kind of just discussions on types of games and those kind of things. Uh, so at this point, there's like 30 free videos if you go and uh, support the Patreon, depending on what level you're at. And uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. It helps us pay for the many fees we have to pay to host things that buy new equipment. Like I have a new microphone. Hopefully it sounds okay. We'd like to thank a few of our members this week. Uh, Sean Courier, Nathaniel, Blake Golan, Jason Williams, and Chris Weimer. Uh, Sean, Nathaniel, Blake, Jason, and Chris. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone who supports us. And hey, if uh, Patreon is not in your financial uh, budget at the moment, you can help out a ton just by subscribing to the YouTube channel, the streaming channel, uh, listening to the podcast like you maybe are doing unless you're watching. And uh, if you can leave a review for the podcast, that is incredibly helpful. Helps us get more attention from people. So yeah, thanks everybody. And Peter, how's that list coming? Oh, I've already got it up. But I, I have a couple of shout outs myself. We got Ryan Picklesimmer out there. He's the first one to chat at us. And... PBCQ shouted, hi, 2033. Yeah, so apparently I named this podcast frog the top games we covered in 2023. That would have been a real short list. Since Yeah, let's see. <laughs> what, uh, what have I covered? Uh... <laughs> yes, I, I did. I covered like two games. Uh, I... Oh, one of them was Aeon Trespass Odyssey. Aeon Trespass Odyssey, best game of 2023. Yes. There we go. I call One it. through 17 <laughs> are all Aeon Trespass Odyssey. I am sorry, everybody. And not only did I have it wrong here, but I also put it wrong in every place else that I made a media post about this. So I am sorry if you came over expecting to see our top games of 2023. <laughs> it just shows the quality of the content you're going to get here from us at the <laughs> One Stop Co-op Shop. No, that is my own stupidity. So I apologize. But let's before we get onto the list, let's talk about some of the games that we haven't covered yet, I think. I'm assuming all your plays lately are going to be stuff that we have not covered yet. So... Do you have any that kind of stick out that you want to talk to, the recent plays? I mean, gosh, I've been playing a lot of good stuff. Heat, that did make it into my top games of the year because I was playing it a lot in December. That's a racing game. I love that one. Peter, you still haven't... No, you did play it I did once, play it. Right? Co-op. Yeah. That's right. We, we sort of clutched together a co-op mode and it worked okay. And we streamed it. Yes. So it's, right. it's on One Stop Co-op Shop streamed. If you want to see the very non-official co-op version of Heat. Yeah, so I don't know if we would uh, do a podcast on that, but I love that one. Uh, Aeon Trespass Odyssey, I think Peter is playing now. I'm actually, uh, Peter, I'm curious to hear after we finish our 17 list, where at this point with the little tiny bit you've played Aeon Trespass, where it might fall. Maybe you won't want to say. But that one uh, I loved. If that had been in this year, it would have been pretty high for me. I have read the rules for Artisans of Splendid Vale, which is a legacy, seems kid-friendly, has really cool art uh, co-op game that I'm really excited to play. I'm going to try to get at least my oldest to play it with me. My wife definitely seems into it. And then, gosh, I don't know, man. I covered so many things. I did mind management really recently. I love that one. You um, love it solo? Uh, is it yeah, well, I love it solo or? co-op, but I, I had fun when we played it competitive, too. I haven't played it very much competitive. Yeah. Ooh, I just played... Uh, I'm doing a video for this recording tomorrow. The new version of Search for Planet X, the Search for the Lost Species, Yep. which uh, I've really been enjoying that. My son and I have played it multiple times. I'm going to... Did you play co-op? You can't play co-op. It's okay. solo or competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. And there are so many great games coming up. Oh, I've been playing a bunch of uh, Darkest Dungeon. I recorded a uh, play of that because uh, Jerry and Peter and I played it this past weekend. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it the more I play it, but there's still some good stuff there. Uh, I guess I had mixed feelings about it when I first played it, and I continue to have mixed feelings. <laughs> okay. I really enjoyed it the first time I played it, so I am excited to get that one back to the table. So I think those probably will be our next three podcasts, if I had to guess, is Darkest Dungeon, 
Aeon's Trespass is definitely going to be our next one. I don't have enough feelings on the game yet, except if you can't get Kingdom Death Monster, you're probably all right getting Aeon's Trespass if you want to try it uh, for much cheaper. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's available as well at this point. And I don't think it, it was way, way cheaper than, well, KDM was super cheap in the original Kickstarter too, but I think it was way, way cheaper during the Kickstarter. I feel like, especially if you get everything now, it might be a similar price to KDM. But you get way, way more content than base KDM, like a ridiculous amount more content than base KDM. And also, at least for me, the fact that the miniatures are all put together is well, that's, lovely. That was a huge thing. Yes. No, might, no might, assembly might be, miniatures. For people who really like putting together miniatures and painting them, you know, like this game has great miniatures, but they are already preloaded for you. Yes, but uh, for me, it was the pre-assembled miniatures that have made a difference so far and the upgraded tweaks to combat. But to hear our full thoughts on that, probably two weeks from today, um, we're going to be covering that. And then the other one I've been playing a lot lately, and I think I played it on the stream channel. Yeah, I did once, is Hadrian's Wall, which does have a solo mode. And if you ask me, I would say it is a solo game that has a competitive mode. (laughs) <laughs> it's a solo game where you can play near each other and vaguely affect each other in really minor ways. <laughs> yes, yes. So we got uh, Zimbo in the chat saying, I have ATO, which is Aeon Trespass Odyssey, which we're talking about. It's great, but incredibly complex. I'm sort of making up my own rules for now. <laughs> and he also says it is more complex than KDM. And it has a much better art design. All right. So we have an opinion from the crowd. Zimbo, come back in two weeks and let us, you know, we can we can have more of a discussion about that. Don't want to uh, take up our whole top list talking about that. Now, I always go over stats for the podcast because yeah, yeah. that's where this started. Do you want to do that now or you want to do it at the end? Yeah, let's do it at the end. I, I think people probably want to hear us jump into the uh, top list, and then the people who uh, want, want to stick at it out for the long haul can hear the stats at the end. That's perfect. All right. So for anybody who doesn't know, we review games on the podcast every week. We just cover, or every other week, really. Every week we have a podcast, but it's usually not Mike and I covering them. We did a little bit of cheating this year, because usually we cover more games. I don't know why we were such slackers this year, but (laughs) we not only threw in games that we covered on the podcast, but we uh, also threw in games on the list that Steve covered or Jason covered, but we've played quite a bit. So anything that's been on the podcast that we felt that we could rank, we did rank. So we got a total of 17 games. And they're they're flashing on the screen, but you'll you'll hear what they are as we go along. But Mike, do you want to get us started? What is your seventeenth best or worst game that you covered for the podcast this year? I'm curious how close we are on this one. So my game is seventeen. I covered a few games like this this year where one part of the game was awesome, and then many other parts of the game were broken. <laughs> Uh, in this case of this game, my number 17, uh, the combat system is great. I would love to see this bag uh, sort of not the bag building part is super weak, but this bag pulling kind of push your like combat system. Thought that was excellent. But then you got into like the actual narrative portion. The narrative was OK. There is like basically no penalty for death. The game has some broken points where like uh, entries don't lead to each other. Uh, by the way, I'm talking about Trudvang Legend. Yeah, my I'm number trying 17. to pull it up. I don't know how to do it. I guess I lied. I'm not going to be able to put the picture of... This every time it scrolls by 17 times. Look at it. Yeah, this is one that uh, I think uh, it was in development, hell for a long time, like Switch designers even. 
and I think it shows. I, I think that it reminds me of like mov- movies that come out after multiple years and like many hangups in production. It just seems like uh, there were too many hands in the kitchen and uh, things that never got finished or things didn't get balanced well. Again, I was really into the uh, combat. We were like, I was pretty excited by it after my first play. I was like, hey, maybe we'll play more of this after my second play. I was done with the entire campaign after my third play. And it's like a, at least a 12 uh, scenario campaign. So yeah, not one I can recommend. Uh, this is uh, definitely every game above this, I think, is like going to be pretty cool. And some people are going to like Trudvang just because like the story and setting is pretty neat. And the combat is still, again, a great uh, system. But I think if you care at all about like balance and like development and like a good like uh, catered uh, curated game experience, Trudvang fails on multiple levels. Yeah, I, I don't have this one here, but my bottom games have a similar tack to what you're saying, which is they have some things I like about them and then some things that I'm like, eh, I don't know. So my last one is a boss battler, which I tend to like. Uh, my number 17, but this one just didn't hit for me. It's weird because it was talked up so much by the Dice Tower, and I was super excited to play it. And then I did play it, and I was like, yep, that's the game. (laughs) And uh, that is Vagrant Song. It was fine. There wasn't anything wrong with it, per se. I mean, I will say in the past, I think we've had bad games that we've covered, and I don't think any of these games are bad. This one just wasn't Mm. for me. I think Trudvang edges into there. Like it is a somewhat broken experience, some aspects of it, I think. Sure, but did you not enjoy playing it? I enjoyed, yeah, no, you're right. I enjoyed part of it. Uh, it, Yeah, there's not a single game on this list where I didn't have at least several plays that were fun. Right. And, And that's the bottom line for me. Like a game that's broken or that, you know, games, certainly there have been games in the past where I've struggled to get through the five games of it. And, and I mean, I don't know, maybe Vagrants. I certainly didn't want to play after the first three or four games of it. But I think it's mostly, though, because I've been spoiled by other games that are just better, that do the same thing. So I don't think there's anything personally wrong with it. The theme didn't stick out to me, which I know if some people love the like the theme of it. it I mean, you're just running around hitting people like it, it felt like any other boss battler, right? It did not feel like anything special to me. So for me, um, that was the bottom of my list. And that is Vagrant Song. All right, Mike, you're 16. You might hear about Vagrant Song soon, but not this soon, because my number 16 is Ascension Tactics. And this this is one that is a solid game. I don't really have, like, major, major complaints about it, except a little bit of uh, a balancing, especially for, like, the cooperative mode. I think uh, the timing and pacing are kind of messed up. But it's kind of a bit of expectations, and maybe I should have known. Uh, this is a mashup of a tactical like miniature game moving on a map with your like squad of people and fighting and a deck builder, which is what Ascension is famous for. And I like Ascension. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I think it's been eclipsed by many other deck builders, but it's still pretty good. But yeah, uh, this is definitely for me a game where it is less than the sum of its parts because uh, I felt like the deck building was very weak because of how fast the game went. And uh, because like of the tactical kind of side of things, and I felt like the tactical play was certainly far weaker than many, many other tactical games I would rather play. And the deck building wasn't cool enough to be like, ooh, but this has deck building too, because it wasn't really exciting for me. So yeah, this was a bit of a disappointment, but I still think it's a pretty solid game, although I do think it's best for competitive. Like I said, I think uh, solo co-op has sort of some some uh, weak points in terms of like pacing and challenge level and that kind of stuff. So that's uh, number 16 for me, Ascension Tactics. Yep. And number 16 for me is a game that is my favorite of the series. And it's, <laughs> still, it's still down here. 
And that is Hour of Need. I don't know what it is. Like, for me, modular deck system games. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, I wasn't wrong. I told you before you played it, it was going to be your favorite of the series. It is my favorite of the series. <laughs> hey, here's my problem. I I don't think I could take this game out today and play it. It, it. That really drops it down for me. And my first experience of it was five players, and that wasn't very good. I played it two players, and it was fine. I mean, I enjoyed what I did with it. Like I said, I don't think there are any bad games on the list. Uh, like I said, I certainly like it better than my number four game that we covered here. Uh, or, or my number four, Jeez. my number, <laughs> like, uh, my number seventeen game, uh, Vagrant. Peter, song. you with moral rules for let risk ranking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked it more than that, but and I think the dice system's clever. There's, a, I think there's a lot to like here. I do think it's a better version of Street Masters for me, at least. Anyway, I know not everybody feels that way, but honestly, actually, I, I say it's my favorite modular deck system game, but that's not even true because my favorite modular deck system game is the original modular deck system games which is ascension tactics which has its own problem or not ascension tactics my goodness what is it street masters? not street masters the other one by uh oh, by sentinels of the multi sentinels yes no. well, yes <laughs> <laughs> yes sentinels is my favorite of these type games just because it's pretty straightforward to get to the table i, I love the concept of adding a board to these but it certainly ramps up the complexity and in a way i don't necessarily like apparently um although obviously ascension tactics which has adds a board to a card game i do like but i think there the difference is the card game is light enough that adding the tactics added something else for me where here i think the original system is just the level of complexity or whatever i was looking for and adding that board element takes it above what i would want in the game. Um, so well, it's I, interesting for me, kind of on the same thing, is that in the Sentinels to modular deck system game comparison, I find the Sentinels card play more interesting because they don't feel the need to like justify and use the board so they can kind of like lean into the cards more. Like I would say the same thing about like something like Marvel Champions. Like yeah. I think, uh, I think both Marvel Champions and Lord of the Rings have better card play than Arkham Horror LCG. I still like Arkham way more as a game because I think it's a fabulous board game. But I think, uh, yeah, when you try to like bring a board into things, often that's going to push back on the interesting like level of card play, just kind of naturally, you know. Interesting. Yeah. No. I, I. I definitely. I mean, I like Marvel Champions better. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have some comments out there. Uh, Michael Newsom says, "I'm only here for the stats. Forget the board games." Uh, <laughs> he also says, "Sorry, Michael." <laughs> he also says, "Yeah, Trudvang fell flat for me, or for a lot of people." He says, uh, "And Zimbo uh, Zimbo five five two one says, Mike Trudvang looks much better than people are saying. Number seventeen is pretty high, so I assume you like it a lot." All right, well, let's start with this, uh, Zimbo. You must have missed the beginning. This is a <laughs> list of seventeen games. And that is the bottom. So uh, I will say, though, we only pick games to cover here that that do kind of reach the top, at least games that both Mike and I would enjoy playing. There's certainly games that you've covered on the main channel and, and talked about in many other places that we won't cover on the podcast because they're just not for me. Uh, what was the one dungeon crawler you sent me that had like a 60 page rulebook with a 60 page errata? 
Barrett loves oh, the game. Uh, Madara. <laughs> yeah, like Madara, we're never going to cover here because I'm never making it through that rule book, right? So, so this isn't necessarily the Mike's top games of the year, but it is certainly the top games we've covered here, and we're ranking them from one to seventeen. So, Hour of Need is my number sixteen. All right, Mike, yeah. what's your fifteen? Oh, it is uh, your number seventeen, Vagrant Song. The, the thing I'll go a little bit different than you on, I did like the theme. I did like the idea that you were like kind of putting these uh, ghosts to rest. I think that's kind of like a cool like spin on things. I thought the character like bios were interesting. I had many complaints about this game in my review. The biggest one for most of these boss battlers and kind of like dungeon crawler campaign games in general, some of the things I like the best are how you power up and level up your character. I want that to be exciting. And or... Uh, awesome, like, tactical decisions and choices on your turn. You know, something like Gloomhaven, the leveling up is a little bit slow for my taste, but I love the card play. Or, you know, Oathswarm, which we'll talk about later. I I think the leveling up is also, like, you know, a little bit janky there, but I love the card play. Or Aeon Trespass Odyssey, I think it's got some really interesting tactical stuff, and, like, the way you level up, just like KDM, and, like, you craft stuff is super awesome. Vagrant Song has one of the worst leveling up systems I've seen because you very quickly max out everything you can have, and things don't really get better. They just kind of get sideways. So you, you basically are not leveling up for a huge portion of the campaign in any appreciable way. Wah. And then um, what you do on your turn is also kind of dull. And you have these very <laughs> limited number of actions. And um, and having more cool powers doesn't mean you actually get to do anything with them because you have such limited actions and you have to put them on certain things. So, yeah, I found it very uh, uninspiring in what you do on your turn and um, in the leveling up. And those are two things I love. So it had lots of other good stuff going on. Like I thought the way the boss was activated was good, but it is my number 15, not quite as bad as Peter, but still not a good game for me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't remember enough about it, honestly, to remember all of those things were why I didn't like it, but yep, they all sound terrible. Uh, and, and I, re- you know, I remember now that, yep, those were all things that I had a problem with, <laughs> with that game. So uh, yeah. So Vagrant Song is there. Um, my next game, I am curious if you're going to have much higher than me. It's one of those games that could have gone a lot of places in my list. And it ends up settling down here because when I compared it to everything else, there were things that stood out to me about all the other ones that didn't stand out to me about this one. But I think I will play this more than games mm-hmm. above it, if that makes sense. And that is Paint the Roses. Whoa, what? All right, geez. I liked it okay. It was fine. I usually like deductive games like this. It's funny because I'm typically the one that has these later games nearer to the top of my list than you. I think there aren't a lot of rules, right? And when you have small games like this and you don't have a lot of rules, I feel like almost all of them have to hit. And I didn't love the way the queen moved. And I didn't love the fact that, like, I don't know, it just seemed too easy to game which cards you took or whatever else. In the deduction aspects of things, I thought it was fine. It didn't it didn't do it for me, for whatever reason. The deduction was good. I definitely liked that. I liked what you were doing, but for whatever reason, it just kind of fell flat. Uh, I guess. Right. Well, this that, that might be the biggest difference we have on the list, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, right. Um, so that's number 15 for me. Yeah, number 15 for you. Take the roses. Uh, so my 14 is another repeat. Uh, hour of Need. I agree with you that it's up there for my top M- uh, MDS games. I still kind of like the theme of Street Masters and kind of like the, the the punchiness, pun intended, of the combat of Street Masters a lot. 
I like parts of parts of Ultra Quest, but that was really hard to get to the table. I didn't like Brook City at all. So this is up there with Street Masters as my favorite. But yeah, I, I just didn't gain much excitement from it. It did feel kind of like busy work. It, it was cool. I think they streamlined the system really well. But it is tough when I already love Sentinels so much. Yeah. It's not really the same type of game, but in some ways it's kind of trying to be the same type of game, especially with it being another superhero like MDS game, like modular game. So I don't know. It, it's not bad. It's it's above Vagrant Song, Essential Texas, and Trudvang Legends. This is like the part of the list where it's like, hey, I'd be ho- I'd be fine playing this right now. The other three, if you were like, hey, let's play Vagrant Song, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> do we have to? Hour of Need, I'd be like, hey, let's do it. That's fine. So yeah, it's, it's not bad. That's my number 14. Yep. And my number 14 is one you've already mentioned, but all right, so I guess this is where I'm going to justify Paint the Roses. For the rest of these next three games, there's something that stuck out to me and something that I really liked about the game. But you're right, there are definitely broken things about the game as well. So there are certain parts of the game I'd like to play, or certain parts of the game i like to explore more, or certain parts of the game that I've learned more about game design from. And so that's why these made it above... Paint the Roses, even if Paint the Roses for me would be a game I'd play first, these, I, I think there's just something about them that stuck out in my mind. Whereas Paint the Roses was fine, but like it, it didn't wow me. Uh, so the next one for me is Stars of Akarios. Ah, okay. And the thing that stuck out to me was the ship combat was really good in this. I actually, as somebody who has played quite a bit of what is, Star Wars X-Wing, I, I enjoyed this much more than Star Wars mm-hmm. X-Wing. I actually enjoyed the combat quite a bit in this game and had a lot of fun with it. It was the other stuff that kind of made it so I don't want to bring it out and and get it to the table anymore. Like, I just don't want to remember how to do all that stuff. If it was a game where I could just go in and play cool combats, and the board was a little bit limited in size, I think. So, like, I would think that I would want to play more complex combats with it, ironically enough, because I think the combat system was simple enough, but I also think it might get repetitive as well. So there were a lot of things that I liked about it. The combat system really stuck out to me. I really liked how they used positional attacks and they used facing and like there was a lot of cool like dice manipulation. I liked all of that. It stood out like it's a game that I would happily play today. But I wouldn't want to do all the other stuff, and I certainly wouldn't want to remember all the rules. So for me, it's a game that stood out in certain ways, but stood out poorly in other ways. So that's Stars of Akarios. All right, so my number 13 is a game that I stopped playing. <laughs> uh, so you already know what it is. <laughs> uh, but it's also a game that... 13 is kind of a decent performance for because I don't tend to love games from the series. And that is pandemic legacy season zero. Yep. Um, I did think there were some cool things in here. I got to give respect where respect is due. I liked the new mechanics. I did feel just like with pandemic legacy season two, that like the legacy wasn't doing that much for me and that the campaign didn't have enough exciting bits. Now I played through what Peter five months with you. Oh, you played more than that. I think you played seven or eight months. No, I didn't, no, no, you all played seven or eight months. I think I dropped out at June, like so maybe that was six months. Six months. But we're not um, much past that. We're like September or something. Maybe sure. October. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so it had some cool stuff going on. It, it just, 
I find Pandemic as like a system, a very repetitive and not for my taste exciting uh, like game system. Although I did really like, we didn't do a review of this, but I did really like the World of Warcraft Pandemic for some reason. <laughs> but, it was uh, fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And yeah, like I'd rather play that one with just like set up and go rather than like all the kind of trappings and like things that kind of weigh down legacies, like having to remember how the rules have changed and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, this is still pretty good. I, I think I like it better than season two. I like it less... By quite a bit than season one, the little bit I played of season one, I've not played all of season one. But yeah, 13 is as high as it could land for me. Yeah, all right. Well, it'll be coming up in a little bit on my list, of course. So my number 13 is a game I really wanted to like. And I think the reason it's this high on my list is like I I, I was talking about a little bit earlier. I like the simplicity of play. I could pull this game out today and start playing it with maybe five minutes of rule brush up. And that's Ascension Tactics. I like how quick it is to set up. I like it how quick it is to play a game. You know, 30, 45 minutes, I can get a game done of it. So that's why it makes it higher than some of the ones below it. It's just ease to get to the table. Is Mike right that, you know, it's the not the most tactical game in the world? Of course. Like, you know, there are a lot of things that they... I don't know. I don't know if they could have done better. But, you know, there are things that, that I hope they do in the future. How about that? Because there is room for expansion, and they are expanding this game. First of all, co-op was only two-player out of the base game. They're putting it up to four-player for the next one. Mm-hmm. They're making some of the card play more exciting, and they, they tend to do that with deck-building games in general. And sure. so I could see room for this one expanding and moving up the list as time goes on. I think the base game was pretty straightforward, and that was fine for a base game. I'm curious to see how it expands in the future. And again, with how quick and simple it is to get to the table... You know, I'll happily play any of the expansions that we can get our hands on if they're at a con or whatever else, um, you know, where I can just go play it. I would love to do that. And I love tactical games. So that's part of it, too. So that is my number 13, Ascension Tactics. All right. My number 12 is a game that I expect to be higher in my estimation once more content is released. <laughs> and that is Ares Expedition, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. This, uh, if you don't know, is the sort of race for the galaxy mashed with Terraforming Mars, a card game of Terraforming Mars. And I like Terraforming Mars okay. I think I prefer Ares Expedition to Terraforming Mars. The board play for me is not enough extra to kind of justify the longer playtime and everything. Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition is often like very simultaneous, and I like that. I didn't like the co-op play very much. I found it very repetitive in what would happen. I like the solo play okay. So for me, this is actually like mostly a competitive game, but maybe the reason it's number 12. Although if you've already played what's coming up. (laughs) Well, Well, so here's the thing. I I did rank it for just the base game, but I think it might not have been as high as number 12 if I had never played the expansion that's coming. Sure. Um, But if I was ranking it with the expansion, it would be up in my top 10. So yeah, the expansion, well, there were like three expansions they crowdfunded, and one of them has a new solo co-op mode where it's very different each time. In the basic solo and co-op, you're always just trying to terraform the planet exact same way every time. In this one, you have different goals every round. You have to like cheat, like uh, counter these like negative cards. It forces you to build in interesting ways. And already, like my favorite part of terraforming Mars and Ares Expedition is uh, the, the different like tableau combos you can do. So yeah, so I'm very excited for that. As it is, though, um, I personally wouldn't recommend it strongly for just a solo co-op experience. Uh, but I think with that expansion, that's going to be awesome. And I think it is a very fun, competitive experience, especially if you like Terraforming Mars already. So that's uh, Ares Expedition, my number 12. 
All right, and my number 12, you've already covered. You're probably shocked that it's not on my list. You've called it broken. You said there's many, many terrible things about this game. Um, <laughs> no, you haven't gone that far. But uh, it was your the bottom of your list. And for me, number 12 is Treadwing Legends. And I'm that, pretty shocked that it's that high for you. Like, I know you like that combat system, but that's it, man. <laughs> well, I didn't mind the board exploration, actually. Okay, like, okay. that stuff didn't bother me. And the, the lack of death penalty didn't really bother me either. I had fun playing it every time I played it. And if we weren't nitpicking it, I don't know that... I mean, I'm sure at some point I would have noticed, oh, there's no death penalty. This is stupid. And we would have probably house-ruled it, right? So, sure, like... Sure, sure. But if that's my only problem with the game, is that part of it? Like, I enjoyed everything else about it. Like, I don't remember having any bad times anytime we were at the table playing it. I remember, skill, like... The skill checks, Peter? Oh, yeah, those were dumb. But they took, like, 10 <laughs> seconds, right? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But that skill checks in every game are kind of dumb. Like, I mean, they were dumber in this game, for sure, <laughs> than in other games. Because there were many of them. Like, most of them, you could never succeed, ever. Right. Like, and there was no reason to even have a skill check. It's like, okay, you just lose whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess if they were going for the... Oh, look, you're really bad at stuff, but hey, you make this epic thing every once in a while. Like, you know, this is meant to be a penalty that everybody gets, but every once in a while you get this cool thing that happens where you succeeded it. I don't know that that was the theme of it, so I don't know. Like, I- I'm justifying here <laughs> uh, a little bit, but yeah, the skill checks were pretty bad, actually, the more I think about that part of it. But I never said, oh man, this game sucks because of skill checks. I was just like, all right, let's all draw. We're going to fail. Like, And then every once in a while you pass. And it was like, hey, that was pretty cool. So like I said, the feeling I got from them was ne- like I never felt negative because I went into most of the skill checks knowing that we were going to fail them. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't bother me that much, you know, when I thought about it that way. But yeah, no, I don't know who designed the skill check system. I'm sure you're a wonderful human being, but that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but the game itself, I had fun with every time I played. So that's why for me, even though I realized there were problems with the design itself, it was uh, number 12 for me. All right. My number 11, I imagine it'll probably be higher for you now that you've got newer content for it. And I know it's a very high for other people on OSCS, but this is where Marvel United fell for me, number 11. Yep. It, it, it should be a better mic game than it is because it's very fast and it's very cooperative. Like I, I think it's, I think it's very cooperative. I think it encourages a lot of discussion between players, and I like all of that. Where it falls for me personally is I am very uh, attracted to games that have like majorly different feels and how it plays when you try different characters. And this, as a Simon game, is kind of selling itself on that fact. Like with a billion heroes, if you go into uh, enough of the content. And I just found uh, the heroes completely non-interesting. Uh, they were to be a little fair, better. To be fair, I let I put out interesting what I thought were interesting characters when we played. So for those people who are going to like yell at Mike saying, "Oh, you didn't play the right character" or whatever else, no, I specifically pulled out characters that I thought would be interesting, more interesting, because I knew it was your major complaint going into. When well, we played and, and I'll say that was better. If I had not played, so yeah, uh, Peter and I played some of the uh, Kickstarter content for season uh, two, the X-Men season. Yep. And if I had not played that, it might have been like 14 or 15 on my list. I did think that was a lot better. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's never exciting for me. It feels very mathy. It's not at all thematic. And not like that I totally need thematic. 
Because, you know, like, Bullet is one of my top games of all time. Yeah. That's also not very thematic. That's also, I guess, it's not mathy, but it's, like, very puzzly. But there, I, like, love the puzzle. I don't know. Well, it's a visual puzzle rather than a math. But you you Rather than a boring puzzle is for me. Like, I I don't even find Marvel United. Because you also have, like, very limited cards you can play. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. See, I I just don't. I, I don't enjoy Marvel United very much. I have not played a ton of the content but nothing in the game is is calling out to me. So again, I would not say no to playing it again, Peter, and you, you have cooler stuff. And I like I like Marvel as a property. I wouldn't mind like checking out some of my favorite heroes and stuff. But yeah, uh, just not a favorite for me. Uh, unfor- well, not, not unfortunately. I don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on extra miniatures. <laughs> so it's probably good that I didn't like it that much. But yeah, Marvel United, my number 11. And my number 11, you've already covered. It is Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. Mm-hmm. And this is... Probably more on the strength of the competitive game. I think you're right. The solo game was very repetitive. The co-op game, I don't think I like that one at all. So I think this is more on the strength of I like what I'm doing when I'm playing it. I did not enjoy the fact that the puzzle was the same every time. But I don't play it often enough, and I wouldn't play it often enough that I would get bored with it. I feel like it would be a new puzzle every time I played it, because I'm only going to play it once every three months, six months. But this is a game I've kept, and I still have, and I could see pulling out every three to six months, Mm. and just playing it solo every once in a while. So not something I'd want to binge, like some of these other games, not something you have to binge. Um, But I do enjoy the gameplay here, and uh, I think as long as you don't overplay it, then you'll have fun each time you play it. Now, I will say it's probably a little higher on my list. I did not play the new solo co-op stuff, but just knowing that it's out there, the, the yeah. hype for it really probably bumped it up a couple spots on my lip list as well. And it should, because I, I really think you'll enjoy it once uh, it gets delivered. Yeah, because I love the gameplay. So, I mean, there's nothing about gameplay that's negative, except for the fact that right now, every time you play it, it's basically the same game. I think you do start with a different corporation each time, but the yes. the, the, the slight difference at the beginning of the game is definitely not anything that's going to make you go, oh man, it's not... I mean, because I guess something similar... Well, no, that's not true. I was going to say Gaia Project... Some you could say that's similar every game, but no, the the uh, the way the Automa grows and expands, and the way the different factions play is very different. So never mind. But yeah, so here I do think that that's the only thing holding it back for me, um, being a little bit higher. I don't think it would ever make the top of this list, but I think it would be higher because I do enjoy the gameplay every time I play it. So that's Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, my number eleven. All right, Mike, we're to the top ten. What's your number ten? Go. Uh, my number 10 is uh, a game that you mentioned, and I pretty much agree with everything you said. Stars of Icarus. I think that uh, ship combat is really fun. I, I don't, I've heard people complain about the other side of it, like the planetary exploration. I didn't mind it. I had some fun with it. It's just, it's not like a great version of that kind of thing. There are like much better, like kind of exploratory, like narrative based uh, things for that. I think the campaign is like way too long. Uh, but I feel that way about Gloomhaven too, so your results may vary. I think it was a little bit overly ambitious for what I believe is a first-time designer and uh, publisher, but I also think it's a solid game. Yep. And I know they're doing like Stone uh, Saga that Steve was literally just playing on the streaming channel like yep. <laughs> very recently. So the the and they're doing like a, it's like that farming one. I forget what it's called. Uh, Jason covered it. But yeah, I, I really like where they're going. I'm glad the company is doing well. I think Akaris is a lot of fun. I think they knocked it out of the park. But just for my personal taste, the campaign wasn't compelling enough and the other aspects weren't compelling enough to uh, make me want to spend so much time doing the combat over and over again. So Stars of Akaris, my number 10, not too different from you, Peter. And the bigger thing for me is 
like like you said, I think it was too ambitious. I think if they had scaled it back, I would have enjoyed it more. The thing that's hard for me is I don't want to pull it out again because I don't want to learn each of those aspects of the game. And it was almost like learning three different games. I guess it's really only two different games. And none of them was overly complicated. Well, I was going to say, to be fair, the planet game is incredibly simple. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so was the space combat. Like all of it's fairly simple. And the other problem that I had is I have a pretty big table and it took up most of the table. It's a pretty big table hog for what it was. So just I I think even taking it out and putting it away was another reason that it was a little lower on my list. Um, Also, this is just a rough year (laughs) to be competing for big, long campaign (laughs) games. We have several better ones, at least better for us, on the list that we haven't gotten to yet. Well, and I think that's part of it, right? I I think it is a... If this was last year, it probably would have been much higher on my list. Yeah. I, I just think it was a good year. You know, I think... Even though we only reviewed 17 and we didn't even review all 17 because this next one that I'm doing, uh, we didn't cover it all. That This was a Steve game and you've already talked about it and that's Marvel United. Oh, wow. I thought it'd be, it'd be my, higher for you. Um, Again, I think it was a good year. I think every game above this is just better than this. I mean, the only one that you and I disagree with on so far is Paint the Roses. Beside that, like, I, I think it deserves where it is. I think the rest of the games above it are just better. I do enjoy how quickly you could pull it out and play it. But like you said, the puzzle's a little bit samey every time you play it. Yes, the characters do make a difference and the villain does make a difference. But I also think they can make negative experiences as well. I don't think everything in the game is balanced. I don't think every time you play it's going to be fun. The only benefit is it's only 30 minutes to play. But considering I've got what is you know, considered some of the best content that's out there being the Kickstarter stuff from the X-Men campaign. And I played through most of that stuff now. If that's the best the game has to offer, it's fine, right? Like, I mean, I don't have the promise of more, I guess is part of it. You know what I mean? Like for some of these games, I'm like, yeah, they're okay now, but like I could see it being better. If this is all that Marvel United is going to be, like, it's fine. Like I enjoy playing it. I'd happily get it out. With kids or adults, or their solo mode's good too now. Um, they fixed the solo mode, so I enjoy playing it anyway. I probably played it solo more than any other way, but certainly I think it's a good family game, and it's nice and quick for what you're getting. But again, I don't always find the puzzle as interesting as it could be, and some of the villains are just frustratingly hard for no reason. And mm-hmm. I agree with Mike that, yeah, well, the heroes are different. Not that different. I mean, what do you have, 12 cards? Like, <laughs> And a lot of them are like, you punch or you move or you do whatever. <laughs> and sometimes you get wilds and you get bonus for the wilds and like, it's fine. Yeah. Like I, I do enjoy it, but like you, I just want a little bit, something more of it because the miniatures yeah. are freaking cool. If it had just a little bit cooler game with it, maybe just a little bit more somewhere. I don't know what little bit more I wanted, but I just wanted a little bit more from it. So yeah, that- and again, like the death now going back to the core game for me was that like I played with my kids and they were bored. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be like your level of <laughs> right. play here. <laughs> yeah, my kids didn't love it either, by the way. Um, I, my son liked it better as I got okay. more content. But sure. um, yeah, no. So that is my number 10, Marvel United. All right, Mike, what's your number nine? My number nine uh, is a game that has issues. It is way too easy. I think we never lost it in the entire campaign. And that's an issue. And and I think anybody who's going into this game looking for a challenge and who likes kind of puzzle games and mystery games that Uh, are challenging is not going to feel fulfilled. But dang, the initiative 
just grabbed oh. the three of us. Oh, and like threw I... us. Oh, you thought it was something else? I, I thought it was something else. I thought it was uh, unsettled, but I was like, no, no, uh, we did lose some unsettled. All right, the initiative. All right, yes. Yeah, so, so the initiative. Um, yeah, like, I, I fully admit that it's like a super easy puzzle game, you know, and like, it's not gonna tax your brain, but sometimes I like an experience like that. And I thought the story was okay, you know, kind of obvious, but sort of fun. And I don't know, it just, I found it very addictive. This is one of the few campaign games we played through the entire thing, our group all together. And it was like appointment gaming. Like every week we were like, hey, let's do a few more set games of initiative. Let's get a few more yep. games of initiative. So yeah, I like, it's not like necessarily a high recommend. I, I oh. know people who have played it and have not enjoyed it at really? all. Yeah. Um, because I, like, I was just talking to somebody on Discord today and they like tough puzzles and they said, we're not losing. This is boring. And I was like, yep. Sure. That would, that would be the case. Well, and the board yeah, play is not super great either. Yeah, exactly. But it, so it is a game, you know, kind of uh, compared to uh, the one that was like less than the sum of its parts, Ascension Tactics. This is more than the sum of its parts. Like it shouldn't be as fun. At least it shouldn't have been as fun for me as it was. So yeah, the initiative. I really enjoyed this one. Yep. Well, we'll get to that one in a little bit on my list. But my next one, I feel like it's going to be substantially higher on yours, but maybe not. I mean, it can't be that much higher. So. <laughs> like I'm not really saying anything by saying it'll be substantially higher, but maybe not. Cause that literally covers everywhere from where we are to the end of the list. Uh, so yeah, that that's a way of me of, uh, yeah, not really whole, saying a whole lot there. <laughs> so for me, that is uh, ISS Vanguard. Uh, I know oh, okay. you and Jerry like this one a lot more than I do, although it's still made my top 10. It's at number nine here. It is a game. I still don't have a grasp on, but I am enjoying doing what I'm doing. Like, I know how to do things on the planet, but like all the other stuff, there's just a lot going on. There's a big book of stuff. And you're like, do you want to do this or this? I'm like, what do those things mean? I, I still don't know. <laughs> uh, and it's partially because we're not playing this all the time. But I think that's a flaw of design as well, right? Like, if you know, if you have to play something every week to understand what is going on with it, I think that's potentially a little bit of a, a flaw with it as well. I'm not as enamored with the different characters you get and things like that as you and yeah. Jerry are. I mean, it's fine. They basically have one stat that's different, maybe a special power that's a little bit different as well. It's fine. I, I'm not as enamored with the story as everybody else, but I'm having fun with the puzzly board play although there's a game again that sits this one down a little bit further that we'll get to later on the list that i just think does the puzzly board play stuff better and is more fun for me and i, I just enjoy mm -hmm. that puzzle better but i don't mind the puzzle here and i think most people are going to be in it for the story and or in it for the leveling up your ship and leveling up your other stuff which is usually cool and fun for me but i felt like again this started on a high level of complexity and it's just moving up from there um, mm. so I, I think that's part of the problem. It's just, you know, and so this is not one I've played on my own. So I'm curious if I ever borrowed it. Well, it's in my house. It's been here forever. If I ever decided to play it on my own, whether it would move up or down. Cause sometimes when I'm running things and I can kind of fully see everything that's going on, I enjoy it more. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is just too much for me to handle. So I'm not sure which one, way this one would go if I was running it myself, but for now, I'm enjoying playing it with you and Jerry, and I don't feel the need to go out and play it on my own because, again, there are so many campaign games, and there's one that I definitely want to play before this uh, as we get higher up on the list. Yeah, and I do think the book, while like the ship phase is complicated, the book walks you through every single step pretty specifically. Now, would you still find it like kind of annoying to have to go through all those steps? You might, 
because yeah. I kind of streamlined the steps, but I think you would definitely understand it better if you had ever been the one like this kind of running the book. But no, I hear you. Um, all right, my number eight, Sleeping Gods. Not going to slow play that one. Sleeping Gods. Uh, this is one that I really, really enjoyed. The kind of exploratory nature and some of the stories and like kind of the world overall. I like the combat system. I didn't love, like, you build up too many cards, you get too much stuff, it gets annoying, it becomes a huge table hog. It's not really great for co-op, because you just kind of divide stuff up in an uninteresting way and actually become weaker. I didn't like how open-ended it is, but that's just my preference. I'm not as much of an open-world uh, guy as other people are. So I liked it a lot. I did play it through an entire campaign and a bit more, so I definitely didn't, like, dislike it. That's why it's number eight. But uh, I did have problems that held it uh, from it, it didn't rise as high as many other campaign games. I have looking at like at least three of them that are higher up on my list. That's uh, Sleeping Gods. Yep. And my number eight is Sleeping Gods. Hey, our first two for two. I mean, our first, <laughs> our, the same our, first, our first time I didn't have to switch the picture. How about that? That is the, uh, <laughs> the best thing I can say about this. Yeah, so I have not played this game nearly as much as you have. In fact, the only place I played it is on the stream. I have never played the physical production of it, which again may move it may have moved it up or down on my list. I didn't have some of the problems you had, but I didn't get as far into the campaign as you yeah. did either. So like I thought we had a perfectly fine amount round of equipment. I did notice there was some repetition in it, but I almost feel like you could put those cards on top of each other and it's like, do you want to pay this cost or this cost to get this exact same benefit? I mean that is true, but uh check come come back to me when you have 45 cards and you're like <laughs> equipment right. supply. <laughs> Right. All of them theoretically having tokens on them from using them. <laughs> uh, I agree with you that it's not necessarily a great co-op game, but I also didn't mind playing it cooperatively yeah. as well. I didn't mind controlling fewer characters. I didn't feel like I had a lesser experience. I thought the discussing what we were doing um, and, hey, what do you want to do next? I thought all that was good. And if you want to see our gameplay, it is here on One Stop Co-op Shop streamed, so you can watch the gameplay of that. I, it never got bored with it, which sometimes for these story games, I do get bored with. I think it had enough story that it kept it interesting, but not mm. too much that it got me bored. Like I always, it always got back to the gameplay. So yeah, no, I thought it was a really good job. Ryan Lockett does a great job with his art, with his, uh, I think he had the right amount of story in this one. And so I really enjoyed it and would not mind playing this uh, quite a bit more, even sleeping gods. All right. Uh, my number seven, you just borrowed this, Peter. Uh, <laughs> this is a really solid deck builder uh, with a really pretty good solo mode. It's a little bit clunky to run, but I still enjoy it. And that is Imperium Classics and Imperium Legend, the Imperium series. Yeah, I really like this one. I, I think the differences in the empires is great. More on the player side. I know there are a lot of differences in the different AIs you can go against, but I don't like necessarily notice it as much. It's kind of like semantics in a lot of I ways. I think some of them are more than others, for sure. Yes. I some of them are like aggressively messing with you and some of them, and many of them don't. So I totally agree with you there. But yeah, but but like playing the different empires for yourself and like the engine building and the feel of getting strong, which is one of my favorite things in, in deck builders. Yeah, there's one of my top like solo deck builders, like in probably I forget what I had the last time I did a list, but like top six, top five. I, I really enjoy it. I think this one is great. Yeah, like this is uh, the next seven games, like the bottom half of the list are all games that I'm like, these are great. I don't really have complaints. Like, yeah, it's Imperium Classic. I wish the solo was a little bit easier to like to do the scoring. <laughs> that's like yes. my main complaint <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's uh, number seven for me. All right. So my number seven, you covered not very long ago. It is a part of a series. 
Pandemic Legacy Season 0. I really love Season 1. I hated with a passion Season 2 to the point where I ripped the board up. And Season 3, like the minute we finished, I ripped that thing into shreds. Uh, And Season 0 here... I do enjoy. I like the changes from base pandemic that you're doing. I don't know that I love the stuff you're doing at the end, but I'm curious to see how it turns out. And honestly, I have the same problem with uh, as you with all the pandemic legacies. Unless you're really like binging it and playing it every weekend, it's hard to remember all the new rules. And that was part of the... Mm-hmm. I mean, season two, we actually did play pretty quickly. I felt like we were doing it every week. And that might have been what angered me about it because it's like... Why are we wasting our time playing this every week? But season zero, I think, is a much better tactical gameplay. Like, I enjoy building the little trucks that go around the board and figuring out where to put them. And I think that's an interesting puzzle. But like you and like with all these games, I think as you get further into the campaign, it's just hard to remember what you were doing, what to do, like what the new rules are, what the, you know, the changes from the base game. I think anytime you take a game and it's so close to a base game and you just tweak a little bit, a couple parts of it, it's hard to remember, okay, what can I do in this one versus what could I do in the base game? I think the one thing they do really well is have a player aid that grows with you here. Yeah. So if you ever have a question about a rule, it's usually either on the player aid or somewhere on the board, although it's a matter of finding it, right? Like you have to figure out where to go. But I, I really do enjoy it. I like the tweaks that they do to it. I am excited about finishing it, but like everything else, when you have a million games to play, uh, it, it's sometimes hard to finish, and especially... Now that we've put it down for a while again, it's the kind of game where once we get it back to the table, we're just going to have to play the last four or five games, whatever it ends up being, back to back to back, just to make sure that we've got it right. So uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 0, I think for me, it's definitely between 1 and 2. Leaning more toward 1, though. I do enjoy this one quite a bit. That is my number 7, Pandemic Legacy Season 0. All right, and my number 6 is one uh, you mentioned. Uh, This is ISS Vanguard. I personally love the ship management and the exploration and the narrative. The planet phase, I have some issues with this. Like, that's my only kind of complaint with the game. There's another game that we'll talk about later that I think does similar stuff a billion times better. <laughs> Very similar to what you said, Peter. Yep. <laughs> but uh, this one, I'm so... Out of maybe all the games on the list, it is the one that I'm the most interested to see the ending of, if that makes sense. Like, I'm the most engaged with the narrative of this one out of anything this year. Interesting. Um, okay. So... Yeah, just just me personally, but it really touches like on other things I've played and like some of my favorite IPs of all time. Like I'm just a sucker for like sci-fi adventure exploration stories. Right. I have been since like Star Trek when I was a kid. So yeah, ISS Vanguard, my number six, a very good game, (laughs) along with many other campaign games. Hope to finish it someday. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many of these campaign games there are out there. And uh... this is the best year I can ever think of in all of board gaming for really, really good giant campaign games. Yeah. I mean, if you count ATO, uh, Aeon Trespass, which delivered at the end of the year, I mean, got so many of them. So many. And they're all, like, games you could sink yourself into for, like, a year or two. Like, that's the problem, right? Like, they, they require a commitment, all of them. And so I think some of them suffer just from the year that they're in. Like, ISS Vanguard might have been one of our top games in other years if it wasn't for... I'm what I'm assuming is our number one game, but <laughs> like uh, sure. for, for both of us and probably for 90% of people out there. Yeah. If it wasn't for that though, like I'd be more interested in getting back to games like ISS Vanguard. Although ironically we're holding ourselves off of playing the number one game to 
make sure we finish ISS Vanguard or at least play further into it. So uh, we're almost holding it like a treat. Like we're eating dinner <laughs> with ISS Vanguard and then like we're waiting for dessert, which is this other game. So yeah, it's funny when we're making our decisions for ourselves, we're choosing based on which one we feel like we need to finish almost more than the one we want to finish first, I think. Um, I mean, I mean, we'll talk more later, but that's not quite true for me. It's a little different. Okay. But go ahead. All right. Well, I've already put up mine like 10 minutes ago at this point. Oh. So that is Imperium Classics. Uh, what is that? My number six. And I, I agree with everything Mike said. I do think it's a little bit fiddly, a little bit complicated. But at the same time, I just love what you're doing. I love the leveling up. I love the market. Um, speaking of like deck builders, I think it does a great job with the market and deciding which cards you want to call from your deck, which cards you want to keep. You get points for the ones you call, but they're the ones with the most points are like the most powerful actions and the most fun to do. I, I just think it does such a good job of doing that. And I do like how every faction plays completely different. So learning the base game and playing through the classic races, they're more similar. But when you really get into the, uh, the other box, it really does... They do wildly different stuff than what you did, but using the same core rule system. So I just think they did a really good job of implementing that all together in something that's a little more complicated than I would typically like, but I just think they did such a good job with that I guess it's worth it for me to go through the complexity to get to the fun game in the in the back end of it. So that's my number six, Imperium Classics. All right, Mike. You still haven't mentioned Paint the Roses, which (laughs) is like, I mean, that was my number 15. So Yeah, like I said, I said that was going to be the big one. Uh, Yeah, because we have four out of our five top five games are the same. I've been keeping track. So my number five is Hoplomachus Victorum. This is a solo only campaign game. And man, this one is a blast. Uh, Some of the best tactical combat out of any of the games this year. Uh, the campaign is too long for me. I did get through the entire thing, but it's very long, and I, I don't think it needs to be that long. I'm super excited to play Remastered. They haven't sent review copies yet. They want to deliver all the uh, backer copies first, which I think is a great idea. Uh, but yes, yeah, so once I get to play that, I don't know how much Victorum will hit the table, but new Hoplomachus, like revised Hoplomachus as a thing overall, so awesome. And yeah, I love like the squad management in this one, the cool battles, the different arenas, the way you level up, like the different things you unlock, the boss battles. I think it's all really, really good. It's just a little bit long. Only thing keeping it down to number five and it being solo only because all the recipes are like also awesome and not solo only. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my number five. Well, I'll get that to that one in a minute. But my number four or my number five is I'm going to guess your number four, but maybe not, uh, is Unsettled. And so the planet exploration game we were hinting at earlier with ISS Vanguard, it is a neat puzzle. Now, I will say not everybody we played with enjoyed it. Sorry, Jerry. He doesn't necessarily like puzzly games as much. He didn't like Bullet as much. But you and I, I think, really enjoy these like heavy puzzle games. I mean, Spirit Island, I feel like, is one of these as well, where you're like challenged at every step to kind of figure out your optimal moves to try to survive the planet. And I, I like how they have different planets and every planet plays differently. But if you play the same same planet, they have different missions within the planet. So you can kind of like get used to the way a planet works. And like you play the easier ones first and you work your way toward the harder ones. And that way you kind of master the planet itself. And then you're challenged with something new as you continue through the campaign. 
I thought that you had to be optimal with every move. I know not everybody likes that. That was actually complaints people had about Salvation Road is like every move has to be like the right move. You can't really make too many of the wrong moves or it becomes too difficult. But for me, I like that kind of puzzle um, and I really liked it here as well. So that's Unsettled. Super duper fun puzzly game. Now, if you're looking for planet exploration, if you're looking for story, it's not the place to come. I did think the story was well written, but I mean, that's not what you're here for. You're here for the cool puzzle. I mean, there is some planet exploration, but yes, ISS Vanguard does the narrative and like the actual I'm discovering things better. But yeah, when it comes to like what you do on the planets, Unsettled is a billion times more sick for me. Yeah. So All right, my four. number four is, you know, Blow Peter's Mind. That's where I put Oathsworn. What? <laughs> yes, yeah, so this was my number one of new games of 2022 uh, on that video list. But like I said, I was uh, looking at things a little bit differently. I love Oathsworn. Now, I will say playing uh, Aeon Trespass Odyssey, I'm not saying which one is better or worse yet because I haven't decided yet for me. But they're both so good that I think like both of them existing kind of pushes them both away from the number one spot. Interesting. <laughs> But also, like I said, for this list, I'm doing it a little bit more like which ones I'm going to table a lot. I am excited to play Oathsworn with Peter and like start a new campaign with it. But yeah, it's just a huge, huge game and it's tough to get to the table. But it is so good. Amazing uh, boss mechanics. Great card play. Like it's not people compare it to Gloomhaven. I still think Gloomhaven is more complex and has like maybe more interesting stuff going on. But this one is a little bit more streamlined. One of the coolest systems I've ever seen for having fewer characters with yep. the uh, the assistant or helper or whatever they're called a uh, system where like you have full characters and kind of half characters. Love that. The story is great. The app is great. The artwork is great. The, the miniatures leveling? are great. The leveling is okay. That, that, that's one thing that holds it back a little bit for me. I find it just okay, especially the weapons and items I find kind of meh. Um, but amazing game again. It was my number one and it still is my number one by some metrics of 2022. But a few other games beat it by other metrics for today's list. That's Oathsworn, my number four. All right. I'll, I'll be curious how these other games beat it. Because you haven't mentioned Paint the Roses yet. And I call Bull, Bull Maduki on that one. There's no way that in any way, shape, or form, Paint the Roses is better than Oathsworn. But we'll talk about that when we get to Paint the Roses for you. But until then... My number four is one that Mike just talked about, which is Hoplomachus Victorum. Mm. Now, here is where I totally agree with you. The campaign is too long, but the way I house rule it is once you've beat the first like three stages of campaign, you go to the boss fight. I just fight every boss at that point. So, uh, okay. So it like, cause you're leveling your character very similarly, like, or, it's not like you're leveling your character per se to take on that boss. Sometimes you might, and some bosses are certainly going to play easier or tougher than others based on what characters you get in your, mm. your party or whatever. But I still say it's close enough, and you've done all the leveling of your character. So, you know, there are several characters. What is it? Six characters? I haven't played it in a little while. Wait, like the, the bosses, you mean? No, no, no. Your characters. Oh, there are uh, eight. Eight, eight. Eight characters yeah, eight. and eight bosses. That's right, because yeah, every yeah, character right. can be a boss. I think the bosses play very differently from each other, but I also think they play differently as, like, challenges along the way. And I think the characters play, you know, differently from each other yep. as well. And so playing through all eight characters and then, you know, again, once you play to get to the boss fight, because it's always in the middle. It's always in that center volcano. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Yep. So, like... 
I just pretend all the bosses are there when I get there. I just yeah, it's like a, it's like a gauntlet basically at that point. Exactly, and so you know, I see how many of the bosses I can beat out of the eight or seven, I guess, because you're not fighting yourself. Like, how many of the other bosses can I beat when I get there? So when I play it that way, it feels like this epic buildup, but it feels like this epic buildup to then do like seven cool boss fights in a row. So I don't mind it as much in that situation. I do agree it's a little bit long, but I never get bored. And the one thing that usually bothers me about these games is like setup and putting it away is so complicated. But as I said on our review of this one, it is the cleanest game for setup and put away I've ever seen. You literally just take the decks of cards out so that they're not sticking up. You like close up that Coliseum and you put it in and like you need to take a picture of where you are on the map. And that's literally it. And like, it takes like five minutes to clean up. I was playing this during a time where my family had COVID and like, literally I'd be watching the dogs during the day. I'd play upstairs on the kitchen table. My wife would come home. It's like, all right, time for dinner. I'd clean it up. I'd take it downstairs. Like at night when everybody's asleep, I'd set it up downstairs, play it more. Like the next day I'd clean it up. I'd take it upstairs. Like there's no way I could do that with like 90% of these games. So I think, and it's not even like you're going to forget what you were doing or whatever. There's no story, Mm -hmm. any of that stuff. So if you don't like tactical games, I mean, that's what it is. This is probably what you wanted Ascension Tactics to be more like. It is by far my favorite chip theory game. I just love how clean, straightforward, simple it is, but how fun the combat is and how tactical the combat is. So if you're somebody like me that loves tactics, I think this does it well. And yeah, I mean, I think if it was, but leveling up stuff like that as well, I love how you choose between leveling your character and adding people to your war band, like even the different paths you take level you in different ways. So yeah, no, if you like um, tactical games, I think you're really going to like this one. It does a great job. Um, I guess a little bit brought down also by the fact that it's solo only, but yeah. um, all right, Mike, top three time. So you're number three. My number three is your number five. That is unsettled. Are you kidding uh, went, me? You've got to be kidding me. I think you're overcompensating. I literally think you're overcompensating for that one year you made fun of me for just one. And you put no, this so, crappy, so, on, crappy game. I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up. So th- there's a famous, like, ridiculous uh, anti-drug commercial from, like, the late 80s or early 90s you used to watch as a kid. We're like this dad with like a 80s like porn star handlebar must or not handlebar, but like mustache, like finds his kid like having like a drug paraphernalia. And he's like, hey, where'd you learn how to use this? Where'd you learn how to use this? And the kid's like, I learned it from watching you, dad. <laughs> so I learned it from watching you, Peter, when you were like just one when that was your game of the year. And I made fun of you. I was like, wait a second. Maybe there is something that's valuable to that. <laughs> All right. There's another game on this list that I get putting near the top. That is very good that neither of us have talked about yet. I agree with you there, but freaking paint the roses. Are you kidding right, well, me? I'm not there yet. <laughs> okay, get, fine. I'm not there yet. So number three, Unsettled, which you also love. I went all in on the Kickstarter. Like Peter said, even if they stripped away all the really fun thematic stuff, I love the puzzle of this one, uh, the great cooperation and the powers you activate and all that kind of stuff, like a very cooperative game. But then you add on to that hilarious writing, like yes, how often the board games awesome. have actually funny writing, like what the heck? Yeah. Um, and uh, and great variety in the planets. Like I've only played, um, I think I have six of them I've played four, and then like in the new Kickstarter, I'm getting like uh, four more. And there's some even qu- tasks on the, the early planets I haven't played yet. So there's a ton more game to go into there. And every time I have this, I just have a blast. Even when I lose and have to like repeat it and kind of know a little bit of what's going to come, they have a nice amount of variety in how things come out and which technologies you get and like what the the combos are. 
So yeah, this one is a high, high recommend for me. I love ISS Vanguard. I'm so excited to play the story, but it's really nice that Unsettled is just like an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm done. And I, I can just put it away. And I'm not to worry about like the campaign that I haven't finished yet. So uh, yeah, Unsettled. And actually, I guess none of my top three are campaign I was, games. I was just looking at that. I was just thinking, I think that might be part of it, right? Like we're just- That is a big part of it. That, that, that's Again, I, I was ranking this based on what am I going to be playing for probably, probably years to come? What's going to be on my table a lot? So the fact there is that zero all three chance of my top games, paint the roses, paint for years to get out of here with that garbage. All <laughs> right, well, what's your what's your number three, Peter? My number three was actually way lower on your list, but yes, I, agree I was wondering with, when it was going to show up. <laughs> I, I agree with everything you said about it, which is it's it's too easy. The board play isn't that fun, and that's the initiative for those of you on the podcast. It's too easy. The, the board play is well, not always. I, I do. We never lost. It, it, it's interesting but, a little but bit. But we came yeah. close to losing, and we were definitely stressed out at some points about like we just have to push it a couple more turns and see what happens. Like I was afraid of losing a couple times. Um, but that's the right level of difficulty for me. I don't want to lose games, honestly. I mean, yeah. you, I'm a co-op player, but I don't want to lose games. Like I don't want to feel dumb. I felt clever, and I just the thing that puts this so high on my list is that I wanted to keep coming back. And I wanted to play it over and over. It's like the unlock games for me. And again, mm. I've fallen off of most of the escape room games. Unlock is still there for me, though, near the top of the list. Unlock, uh, unlock and um, Chronicles of Crime are still the two escape room slash crime games that, that I, I like quite a bit. I feel like the initiative falls in line with those for me. You know, it's not overcomplicated. It's, it's not... And I know it's completely different. You're like solving word puzzles and stuff like that. It's not the same, but I get the same feeling of trying to solve these puzzles and I still enjoy doing it every time. And even though like, I I think they were clever with the way they did the puzzles too, even though you're just trying to fill in spaces. I, I think sometimes they jumbled up the words. Sometimes like they had blanks as some of the, the spaces and you didn't know that. Um, I don't know. It, it just. It was a game that we just kept wanting to play, like you said, every week. I mean, there was never... If we had more initiative puzzles, we'd be doing them to this day, I feel like. You know what I mean? And that has to say something about how good the game is. Yeah, it's probably not going to be for everybody, but it was just so fun every time we played it. Every experience was good. I mean, if Pandemic Legacy Season 0, even Season 1, which is my favorite of them, was this much fun every time I played it, you know, I never would forget the rules because I would keep bringing it back to the table. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's something about the initiative. It, it's like in its own class for me in, in the list of games this year. These top three, I think, are great games. Even Hoplomachus Victorum is very good. Imperium Classics and Unsettled are kind of my second tier. But these top three for me, like, man, I would just want to play them anytime. And the nice part about me is my memory is so bad, I could go back and play the initiative at some point and fully enjoy, you know, experiencing these puzzles again because there's no way I'm going to remember all the stuff that was in all of them. So, uh, yeah, no, the initiative is a, in my mind, it is a great game. And for all those people that poo-poo it, you don't know what good is, people. You don't know what good is. Well, I mean, I, I think it's worth saying, like, we don't necessarily say... I mean, every reviewer is their own person, you know, it has their own preferences, (laughs) but Peter and I both share something that is uh, that many solo and co-op players kind of go the exact opposite way with, which is we want to be challenged. We want to feel accomplished. We don't want to blow out a game, 
but we like to win. Yeah. Like my preferred <laughs> win percentage with a game, as long as I'm being smart and not like just making dumb moves, is like 80%. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I don't like to lose that much. I don't, especially like in campaign games, like setting it up and repeating the exact same content again. I loathe that. I will find any way to like go past that. Yep. So yeah, that, that just goes into our preferences. And if it's not your preferences, it doesn't mean you're not going to like the same games as us, but some things might go a different way. Certainly the initiative is so easy that if that's a major determinant of what games you like, it's probably going to be a big miss for you. Uh, all right. You so my number people two, would still like the puzzles. Like you don't think they'd like trying to, they're fi- not, uh, they're not hard to figure out. I don't know. I, I, I had a great time with it clearly. All right. All right but yeah, anyway, yeah. number two is paint the roses. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> now you, I, I don't think you remember what at my least it's not your number one. It. I can, number one. I can agree with your number one. one at least. Like I would, I would be happy with your number one to be my number one. It's not, but um, I, I have played paint the roses at least forty to fifty times, and like twenty five of those times have been with my oldest son. Like ten times of those have been with my youngest son. Like it is potentially. Besides maybe the other game on this list, the most played game with like my family this year. And you know me, Peter, that has a huge weight for me, you know, like a huge weight. And the other thing is I love cooperative deduction games. And I think this is a really good one. I love that it is fully simultaneous, that every turn when somebody puts something down, everyone is thinking of stuff. It reminds me of like Hanabi that way. You're always involved. And this is something that I think is kind of cool about it. It goes as deep as you want. Like uh, if you get the expansion, well, and also... So many of the games near the top of my list are like $150, $200 games. Both of my top two games, especially if you get them online, are like 30 bucks or less. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I feel like at least on one of my lists this year. you get Paint the Roses. Oh, shut up, dude. You played it <laughs> a fraction of the time I have. It was also Steve's number one game of the year. You know, like, but yeah, like, and if you, especially if you play with the expansion or like as you start thinking more about it. Like the clues you give are very deep. Like you considering like where they could have gone and where they didn't go. I I think it's great. I think it's great. It's not as great as my number one. And it's a very similar game to my number one, but um, I really love it. So yeah, as shocked as you are that it was my number two, I was shocked that it was your number 15. (laughs) Like I thought it would be at least somewhere up in there. No, it was boring. I'm sorry. For me, it's not boring. For me, it was boring. You're boring. You're boring. All right, Peter. (laughs) All right. So let me ask you this. I I get playing with your kids. I get that. Yeah. But how many times have you brought this to game night? It's a game. We always are looking for filler games at the beginning of the night, end of the night. It's not one you've ever suggested playing with us. Like... I don't know. I, I don't know. How many times have I brought any game that is not a new game to game night this year? All right. Touche. But like, <laughs> what are I, you talking about? I feel like if you really liked it, like, I don't know. We played I do the really Mind, like it. The it's my number two game. Ow, that's your number two game now. It's going to be like a, it's going to have a tainted grail like fall from your list. You're going to be I like, mean, look, okay. If, if you want to hear what it is with, without like the things that we, I was just talking about and like with kind of my traditional way of considering it was my number six game of 2022 on my main YouTube list. Okay. Is that better for you? No, it's still 15 spots too high, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't your 17 game. Like stop talking about it. Like it's trash. I know I'm I'm mostly teasing because I, I feel like this is going to plummet, but I get that like your kids are in an age where this game is 
is like perfect for. How is he going to plumb it? I played it twenty times when I had the prototype with my kids and I with my wife. I played Marvel United forty times, and it's not my top game. Just because I played right, well, it a okay, bunch of times fair. doesn't mean it's good. It just means that I'm trying to make it good. I'm I'm stretching. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, right, I, right. I could I could see that it it being better with family. My kids are older. Uh, I never played this with my kids actually, so that might change my opinion. I play it with my kids or my wife. I've only played it with you guys, so. I was gonna say you played it like three times. <laughs> and it was fine, there, and Jerry didn't like it. Like you know, like I think if you play with people who are having fun with it, you would have a different experience with the game. <laughs> well, I wasn't having fun with it, Mike. I wasn't having fun with it. I, well, I was having a great time the whole time. Y'all were sitting there being sad. I was painting some roses up. I was painting them roses. <laughs> Side to side, paint the fence. There we go. Paint the fence. <laughs> All right, Karate Kid, Daniel son. Uh, right. So Brian says Mike is trolling Peter. Ben laughed, and he, uh, Mike says the initiative felt a lot like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but oh, I, I didn't get that when I read that comment. I'm stupid. Yeah, well, yeah, you're solving the ciphers. Yeah, you're, I mean, the ciphers for me, and we didn't really talk about it. We do have a whole podcast on any of these games. By the way, I guess we should have mentioned that at some point. Like, if you want to hear more of our thoughts, and if you're like, oh, that game sounds interesting, I want to. Where do I find out more about that? Well, guess what? We have an hour long podcast at least on every single game we're covering today. So go back and listen there if you want more details. But agree, the the initiative does feel a little bit like Wheel of Fortune. Maybe that's why I like it. Although I don't watch Wheel of Fortune. So I don't know. I mean, I did as a kid, I guess. But um, All right, Peter, come on. Number ki- two. I know what it is. Kind of like if I was a kid, I'd like paint the roses. Okay. Uh- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, now I'm trolling you. All right. So my number two, clearly your number one, is So Clover. And... Maybe I didn't put it my number one because of the year that I put just one. <laughs> I gave you a one. lot of crap for putting just one as your number one. Which, by the way, <laughs> like, I don't know that I like So Clover better than just one. That That's part. And again, my top three, including the initiative, So Clover, and clearly the next one, which I the only one I haven't talked about yet. Any of them could have been my number one this year, I feel like. Uh, I feel like So Clover is almost as good as just one. And I feel like, of course, at two and three players, I'm going to play it every time over just one. But I do feel like four, five, six players, well, maybe even four, I'd play So Clover. But Mm -hmm. certainly as you get to five or six, seven players, I'm definitely going to play just one instead. I do think it's a good substitute for me, but I do feel like they are kind of hand in hand. I don't know that I would play both of them in a night. I think they're two similar feelings for me. And if I'm going to pick one of them, I'm going to pick just one. You know, again, given the player count, but if I had my preference, I'd rather have the player count to play just one than playing So Clover. So, but I think it is a great game. I think it is a fun game. And like Mike said, for 30 bucks, you can't go wrong with it. Um, so I am happy to have both of them in my collection. Yeah. So I think it's just a clever, clever word game. It's so clever. Yeah. So, So Clover is my number one. I'm taking a page from Peter's playbook. You are. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is. So, Peter, I totally agree with what you just said about comparing it to Just One, which is another excellent kind of like casual slash party game. But I almost always play with four or fewer. So that's one reason that I would put it above Just One personally. I put it right up there with like code names. I think at this point is like maybe my favorite casual like kind of party games. I actually think they pass code names for me. Honestly, I I get them out more. I still think I like code names more, but I don't play code names as much. And like similar thing with uh, with Letter Jam. I adore Letter Jam. I might like Letter Jam better than all of them, but it's harder to get to the table. 
Um, but yeah, so Will the Hungry Gamer and his wife visited uh, recently from California. All we played was just one and so Clover. And maybe one other thing, but we had an awesome time. Uh, I did a play for the first time in like 10, 12 years this year to rehearsals and performances and like dress rehearsals. I brought So Clover, Just One, Code Names. Um, I uh, brought So Clover to Thanksgiving and we played it. I brought So Clover to Christmas celebrations and we played it. Yeah, I, I think, you know, am I more impressed with Osworn? Of course, you know, am I more impressed with Unsettled? Absolutely. But which game have I played the most out of all of them this year? Easily So Clover. Which one have I played with the most diverse groups? Which one am I going to play in 2023 the most? It's not even a doubt in my mind that yeah. it will be So Clover. Like this is this is now one of my, and thank you, Peter, for introducing it to me. We played it together at PAX. And you didn't even like it at PAX. I'm pretty sure. I didn't like it at PAX. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, I, like every once in a while, I still have like a somewhat, no, I, I, never mind. That's not true. I've not had a negative game since PAX. That was the only time I've not had fun with the game. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is amazingly fun. It is a permanent mainstay in my collection. Long after we've either finished the Osword campaign or just gotten bored with it and gotten rid of that game. Long after I've played every Planet of Unsettled, I imagine So Clover will still be peeking at me in its little $20 box on my shelf. Yeah, no, uh, so, yeah. That's, that's probably true. And, and that's why I said it could have been my number one. I think the only reason I didn't was more so a nod to how great I think my number one game is. And that's Osworn. Yes. And you're right. It's not a game I'm going to be playing in 20 or 30 years, but maybe it is because once I'm retired, I'll actually have time to finish the campaign and maybe I'll even play <laughs> through it a second time. And by then they'll have more characters, more bosses, more everything. You and I, I think, like tactical combat. We want more games to be more tactical. This is the closest game that I played to the game we're designing, Spare Parts, because of the amount of board involvement there is. You know, a lot of these games, and I'll include Aeon Trespass in this, they they Mm. put in like 50 different types of terrain. I don't need that. Like, I don't want to read 50 cards to tell me what every terrain does differently. I don't Wait a second. Aeon Trespass, in the first... (laughs) I know as far as you have played, they use one or maybe two types of terrain in every battle. No, no, but there's a stack of cards. It's like... Right, but you don't need to worry about them. It's like... KDM has the same thing. Like, they might have, like, 10 or 15 different types of terrain, but you use, like... A terrain in a battle or two terrains well, in a battle. Well, yeah, KDM will go to three or four sometimes, and that like, sure, sure. I, I, but my point is, I don't need different terrain in every time I play. Like, I want the variety to come from the enemies I'm fighting and the other yeah. stuff. I don't mind if terrain is the same every time. I think people feel like they have to put more variety in every part of their game. And I think that's one thing that Osworn does well, and I think that's one thing that we're doing well. Is yeah, there might be two or three different types of terrain, but like. You don't need 50, right? Like they don't do that much that differently than the other things a lot Mm. of times. And or if they are doing something differently, I don't necessarily want them to because they're not the main point of the combat, right? Like the main point is like going and fighting this thing. And oh, yeah, you could go pick some mushrooms over there if you're like bored. It's like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Like, I just want to go fight and kill the thing. So for me... Osworn is a perfect com- uh, combination. I love the card combat. I love, mm-hmm. you know, how that 
swirling system works. And once I learned that if something's at the zero space and yes. you like play a card it, at that zero space, it comes back to your hand that turn. And there's that one card that costs zero that everybody has that can rotate cards. And it's like, oh, if I have a card in the one spot, I could rotate it in my hand this turn and play any card in my one spot to my hand. Like just some of these clever decisions they made yeah. that if, I don't know, like that not, you know, Sometimes the way you think the battle flow system is going to work is not the way it works. And I have to make tough choices. Like, do I want to battle flow something off of that three spot? Cause I know I'm going to play a two card later on. Um, I do think while it might seem obvious that it's like, Oh, I'm always going to do this three card before this two card before this one card. I never actually played that way. Like I never played the same combos over and over. But, and, and the defense plays into that too. Like I love yeah. how the defense works. Like it's, it's just a great system. Such a great system. Yeah, so for me, like just because of all that, because of all the clever stuff in it, for me, that's why it stood out this year. You're right. Am I going to be playing So Clover more in the future? Of course I am. Like I'm going to play it many more times, but every game is also like five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 sure, minutes sure. or whatever. <laughs> so whereas fair. every game of Osworn, like a number of hours played, I'll still probably play So Clover more. But Osworn just does so many good things that I do think it's deserving of all the praise it's getting. Unlike Gloomhaven, which is a game we both put as our game of the year the first year we did it, I believe maybe one of us did Spirit Island. I don't think so, though. I think we both did Gloomhaven. Like, I don't have many negative things to say about Osworn. Beside, I don't love the story mode, but then you talk to people like Jeremy Howard, who love that part of the game, but... For me, they made it designed for me, too, because I could skip all that and do the short story. <laughs> so, like, they, they made all the right choices for me here. And because of that, like, I think more than anything, this has less weaknesses than any of the other games. Even so close. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, the, the only one that stands out is that I don't love leveling in items. But everything else, I think, is fantastic. I don't even remember the item system being that bad. Yeah, you got to pull a new deck out every time, and there are some repeats from the levels before. But, I mean, yes, there are other ways you could have done it, but they would have been more fiddly. I don't mind picking out a new deck. I mean, it seems sure, wasteful sure, sure. that you have, like, 50 versions of the same card in different levels. Seems a little wasteful, but at least has a purpose in that it saves you time in the long run. So even that sure. doesn't doesn't bother me. So if I'm going to pick on So Clover, like, the one nitpick I have is, like, Sometimes I don't remember which cards were where exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never thought about that before because I've never forgotten. But uh, what we did this last time is people would take pictures of it. I when, do the like, same thing. Yep. 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 Yeah, I take a picture on my phone. No, you're right. You're right. That That is a potential flaw in the game. I mean, it's a, it's a very big nitpick, though. Like, you just keep your board the way it is. But, like, we're trying to hide our boards, cover them up, whatever else. Like, just... You know, so you don't have to remember it. Because if you're the first player, of course you're not going to forget. But if you're the fourth player at a four and you've just been trying to solve three other puzzles, like, and then you're like, oh crap, where were those cards? Like, I think it could be an issue then. So for me, I I think it's a very easy fix. You take a picture with your phone, as you said, and then you can remember yourselves where stuff. I mean, but that's such a minor nitpick on uh, So Clover that uh, it's barely worth mentioning. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's a little hard to explain the concept to people of So Clover. Uh, not that Osword isn't hard to explain, but when you compare it to just one or other games like that, that's why, again, it's a half a step below those for me. But with Osworn, when I compare it to every other dungeon crawler out there, I almost would pick every aspect of it 
over all those other games. The only yeah, no, thing, that's, I mean, it's it's fabulous. You're right. The only thing, like you said, the leveling's not my favorite. My favorite is in um, Adventure Tactics. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I think they do that leveling system the best, but it really wouldn't work here the same way, like with the multi-classing and stuff like that. Sure. So, but beside that, like. Like, I love the way the combat works. I love how pretty straightforward and simple it is. Uh, I love the way the enemies activate. They've kind of thought of everything with the way it works. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when, like, the, the dice versus cards, like, they give you so many choices and the story, like you said. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a lovingly created game that is a triumph. Yep. All right. So that's my number one. Oathsworn, Mike's number one, Paint the Roses. And here I have the I have Are the official ranking. <laughs> I have the official ranking for OSCS podcast, at least a few of us. Here we go. You ready, Peter? Yep. Number 17, Vagrant Song. Wah, wah. Number yep. 16, Hour of Need. So Number far. 14, Tie at 14 for Ascension Tactics and Trudvang Legends. Okay. Number 13, Stars of Icarios. 12, Ares Expedition. 11, Marvel United. 10, Pandemic Legacy Season 0. 9, Paint the Roses. See, it's not that high. Um, 8, Sleeping Gods. 7, ISS Vanguard. 6, Imperium Classics. 5, The Initiative. 4, Hoplo Victorum. 3, Unsettled. 2, Oathsworn. 1, So Clover. Sorry, Peter. Uh, You liked it too much, so it ended up being our number one overall. (laughs) You know, but I, I would be actually okay with that list. I mean, as much as I give crap to Paint the Roses... Like I said, I think Paint the Roses is probably a better game than Stars of Arcarios and Ascension Tactics. I just I don't <laughs> that's not that hard thing to compare. They're so different. It's so different well, in scope, but, you know what I mean? Right, but I, I for those games, something stood out to me more than with Paint the Roses. Right, right. Um, that's why you did say that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know that they are necessarily better games, but I just for me, they were higher on something that I would want to play again. But I'm not going to mm. say no to Paint the Roses, especially how quick the game is. Like, it's a, but, but would I desire to play it? Not as much. Now, if I played it, I might love it again. Or, or I might love it, you know, the next time I played it. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. That one was hard for me to rank with all these other ones. So, I mean, I think it's probably even a better game than Marvel United, in, on, in all honesty. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with it at number nine. I was just shocked because mm. you're number two. <laughs> like, for me, it's like, there's no way... <laughs> There's no way it's better than Osborne. Uh, all right. So any... Oh, let's talk about most anticipated game. Because I think you forgot about some games when you were doing I, this list. I didn't people. forget. You're, you're misrepresenting, but go ahead. Well, <laughs> to, to talk. you go ahead and tell me, you know, if you have a different one than you had before or whatever. Because I got a couple that I am looking forward to. Maybe they're not 2023 games, but... So here's the thing. All you heard was the one that I mentioned, because I only had one on the stream. I did 20 on my top list on the main channel. Um, and I think you'll be very happy with most of those. Here, you you want to hear, like, my top 10 uh, upcoming crowdfunding games? Sure. For my list? All right. So listen to this. Astro Knights. Yep. The redo of Aeon 10. Yep. For Northwood, you didn't play it, but that's a great, really quick, fun solo trick taker. Kingdoms Forlorn, that's number eight. That's people who made Aeon Trespass, and it's another awesome like game in that system, at least okay. looking at it. Uh, seven, I don't think you ever played it. That's called Anastir. That's from uh, Mythic, and it's like a sort of like Golden Axe, like side-scrolling like action game. It's really fun. Okay. Num- number five. The only I- thing you said that scares me there. Oh, yes. No. And, and with their, their current situation, I don't know if it'll ever deliver, but hopefully it will. Uh, number five uh, is Blade Rondo. I don't think you you, you haven't played that. I've not played uh, any number of these four, games. Number four is Sky Tear Horde. 
You okay. said about that, right? Yeah, that's fine. Number three is Leviathan Wilds. You remember that one? Yeah, the one where you play the like, cards to like climb up the monsters and stuff. See, I would have put um, what was your number ten? I like number ten better than all these that you mentioned so. Astronauts. Astronauts. I um, like Astronauts a lot though. Number two is Tidal Blades Two. Yes, yes, that's true. And number been... one is Tainted Grail King of Ruin. Those are all great games. You forgot another one that is probably better what? than ninety percent of your list. Battle for Greyport T- Tavern Tiffin. That wasn't this year. No, but it's coming it was out. It's 2021. It's, well, no, yeah, that was not what the list was, dude. Out. If you just I, want to know games that I'm excited because they are coming out, let me go to my Kickstarter back. But you do your list while I do some research. No, that's it. it. Those are the two for me. Title Blades and the Battle for Greyport one. That's like one and two for me. Like well, most I got to add a few more because you're forgetting some that you are excited about. So here, let me tell you. See, okay, a few more that I'm excited about. And Astronites. Astronites is like, I thought that game was out years ago. Like I... Like, it's just a little card game. I don't know why it's taken so long for that one to come uh, out. It's, it's almost done. They've been delivering a lot of stuff uh, recently. Oh, and um, Buddy Cop, I'm pretty excited about, too. That still hasn't really come out, right? Well, Buddy, who knows if it's ever coming out, dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, they made it, right? Like, it's somewhere. They're not going to trash it. Is, it is somewhere. See, I'm really excited. If you're talking about other games, Senjutsu, which is this really fun uh, 1v1, like, samurai, like, ninja battle game. That one's great. Agamonia? Did you forget about Agamonia, dude? You loved Agamonia. Did I? I don't even know what that is. That no, you dude, you loved it. It's the uh it's a really straightforward one where like you're spending like stamina to take action. It's got like an old school kind of like black and white art style. We did like three streams on it because you liked it that much. We did every single scenario they had on TTS. Really? Like go look it up real quick. You'll recognize it immediately. Yeah, you okay. loved Agamonia. Trust me. Like you, you're right there with me on it. Okay. Primal? I, well, actually, I forget if you, you like you, Primal. You, you, you like that one more than me. I love Primal. Yeah. So I, if you're just counting like random things that are eventually going to deliver, then yes. I, I was talking about specifically games that crowdfunded this year. How do you spell Agamonia? A-G-E-M-O-N-I-A. Oh. Like Agemonia. Agamonia. All right. I kind of recognize the cover. I kind of remember it, but not really. Oh, my God, dude. Like, really, go go watch any of your own streams and hear how excited you are and go to your final thoughts and see how much you say you love the game. (laughs) I mean, you're you're like shocking me here. Uh, that was years ago i'm guessing right was this two two it was 2021 but like not it was like near the end of 2021 yeah all right i mean they don't the pictures aren't great honestly on board game geek sure oh with the dots on the places okay is that I do remember enjoying it. Like at the beginning, we were like trying to like evacuate a town. We had to like get the boat and like you would put cards over the like the opening up a book board and like it would change what was there and stuff. I don't know, dude. I don't know what to say. You definitely called it one of your favorite games when it was that year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, But since then, those other two games came out. Maybe that's part of why I forgot it. Because sure. Title Blades 2 super impressed me. Now, we only played one mission, and I think anybody's only played one mission, so... No, no, no. We, we played, uh, like, three of them, dude. Did we? They, they had a they had a bunch on TTS. Yeah, and they, they okay. were all good. We even played the first boss. Remember, like, the big, uh... Is he a crab, I think? Like a big oh, that's right. Or something? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just Battle for Greyport, I just love how straightforward that game was. Oh, yeah. Uh, and every character felt very different for me. That one for me is going to stand out probably because of the simplicity of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Title Blades 2 is going to stand out for me because of the interesting card play. I love the Title Blades 2 system, yeah. Yeah, just how you're making your character move. I don't think there's anything special about the missions themselves. 
I, I really like uh, for both Agamonia and Tidal Blades two, two of my favorite recent uh, enemy activation systems. Super fast, but still with like some variety and predictability and like surprises. Like I think both those are really good for AI. Agamonia looks cool. I do remember playing it, but gosh, I really don't remember much about it. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I will have to look back because uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a long while ago. It, you are not right. I mean, how many games have we played since then? Right? Like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's why I was shocked when you, I didn't realize we were just doing games from this year when you're yeah, talking yeah. about it. So, so I am a little less shocked now. All right. So for the part everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, statistics, I am, I am out of energy. <laughs> all right. We, we will definitely do it quickly here. Uh, all right. So let's start with the podcast because that's where we are. So we started the podcast in 2017, apparently. Um, yeah, and, I didn't know that. <laughs> and we had, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six. We're in our seventh year of the podcast. That's a little crazy. No. Wait, wait. 2017, you said? 17, 18, 19, 20, oh, shoot, 21, right. 22, 23. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Wow. I mean, I'm just counting. Like, like I don't have much left in me either. Uh, <laughs> we had a grand total, and we started midway through the year, I think, of 6,779 plays. Uh, that year, the following year, it went up to 52,000. Year after that, Jeez, that's a big jump. Eighty nine thousand. Year after that, one hundred and forty one thousand. Year after that, two hundred and sixteen thousand. Wow. Last year, two hundred and seventy one thousand plays. Now, I will say, the end of twenty twenty one and end of twenty twenty two, we did go to twice a week, which is just crazy. If you remember that first year when it was just you and I, like we were every other week. So there is a single episode every other week. Yeah. Yeah. One episode every other week. So there has been some, you know, change up to the format over time. Right now, we don't have any Wednesday podcasts. So we're back to just being a Sunday only. So plays may actually go down next year because it's some weeks we were up to like, you know, 10,000, 11,000 plays just in one week. Whereas this year, we're 10 days in, we've had about 8,000 down plays this year so probably again a little bit down because we're down to one day a week again but i'm fine with that like i'm very happy for jason and all that he's done like i think he did a great job with all of his stuff but i also get the fact that you know he wants to focus on games more now as well and so yeah i'm super excited to see because he's getting to play more games now i think during the pandemic he didn't get to play as many and so he was doing a lot of content on other stuff but now he's getting to play more games again. And just listening to his last episode, he was super excited to be playing games again. So of our games, all time top <laughs> listen to episodes. Number one, any guess? This hasn't changed uh, for a little bit. I sh- yeah, I should have paid attention the last time. Uh, I feel like it's something random. Nope. Gloomhaven? <laughs> Jaws of the Lion with uh, Liz Davidson right. and Jeremy Howard. That was a good episode, though. <laughs> yep. Number two is actually a Jason episode. It's Jason and Rado's top 10 card games. Oh, yeah. That was a good one, too. Okay. Uh, number three, PAX Unplugged 2019 recap with Jerry. Uh, Liz comes oh, 2019. back. 2019. Interesting. 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got to remember, the longer things have been out, sometimes, like, you know, the more people listen to the back episodes and stuff like that. Uh, our next one, top 20 solo games of 2019, fe- featuring Liz Sol- uh, from Beyond Solitaire, which oh, is okay. an episode I wasn't on, I feel like. So there's two of the top five episodes. I was about to say, apparently all the best episodes are the ones that are not just you and I. <laughs> well, here we go. Our next one, top 200 people's choice solo games of 2021. 
Yeah. Uh, so I was not <laughs> on that one theater. either. Actually, I don't think you were either. I think that was Jason. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, 2021 I was not on because I was on 2020 and 2022. Yep. And then uh, our next ones are top 20 games of 2021. That is you and I. And then Ark Nova actually is right after that with me oh, and Paul with Grogan. you and Paul Grogan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, top 10 things to know about board game design. Actually, the only reason I went one more is because like, I am actually surprised that that one is in our one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I'm glad people enjoyed that because we did that and we're like, I don't know if anybody's going to care about that. <laughs> and that, that, that's a fine paint the roses level of performance right there. <laughs> yes, clearly. Uh, and I feel like we got a little dark at the end there too on that one. Somebody's like, now I'm depressed <laughs> at the end of that episode. Because well, I, yeah, I think feel- we talked about how harsh it is to be a designer and how well, harsh just, the industry can be and all that. Yeah, well, how many games we had that were either signed with somebody or good to go and like just never got made and like you know yep. you do all this work. Um, yeah, so that was yeah that was a little bit of uh, a, I guess a little bit of a prelude to where we are now, which is you know potentially publishing our own games. Not potentially. Hopefully this it, it, comes out. I was gonna say it, we don't have <laughs> We've done a heck of a lot of work uh, as publishers this year, more so than uh, we've ever done in the past. And I guess that's an evolution as well. So we want to talk about how things have evolved over time. That's certainly an evolution from us going from just designing, and that was all we thought we were going to do, to uh, to actually potentially publishing our own games this year. So we've yep. come a long way in the last uh, seven years since we've been doing this. Uh, the only other thing I'd like to point out is the countries. Oh, that's cities. Wh- who, what do you think our top city is of all the cities in all the world? This actually, I would uh, never guess in a bazillion years. It's in the U.S. US I'll tell you I that. I have no idea. Okay. Not Portland, New York. Oregon. All right. It's where my brother lives. He, he must be, uh, you know, running the channel every day. Dude, he's downloaded 11,000 times, apparently. He really likes hearing your voice. Uh, or either yeah. that or he just does the Jason episodes and uh, Steve episodes. <laughs> Followed by L.A., which makes sense because it's a big city. Followed by Lafayette. I okay. Do you know people in Louisiana? Maybe where is Lafayette? Uh, now you're making me look dumb. Why are you doing that, Mike? Looking it up. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's someplace. It's awesome. Yeah, Lafayette, Louisiana. All right, at least I got that right. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize. Someplace it's awesome. They like gaming so much in Lafayette. Then Sydney, Australia. That's our first international one. Followed by Chicago, which is the headquarters of my company. So I guess, you know, they're just all mm-hmm. listening. They, they, they need to learn. Uh, but then uh, Rio de Janeiro is our next one. Seattle, which makes sense. That's a big gaming city. Uh, Melbourne, Australia. So, yeah. Uh, top countries, U.S., followed by U.K., then Canada and Australia, Germany and Sweden, Brazil, Netherlands. Yeah. So only other thing I want to cover real super duper fast is YouTube stream channel. We started that two years ago, and in two years, we've had 241,000 views of our videos, which is pretty crazy, considering Mm -hmm. how short ago we started. took us about a year to get to 1,000 subscribers, and at the end of year two, we're comfortably at, I don't even know this number, hold on, let me look it up real quick. You would think I would know that, but uh, like 2,500, I think, somewhere in there, so Growing at a pretty steady pace. Yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool having the two channels. And I do think at first we were looking for an identity for like what differentiates our channels. Um, Beside the fact that one was obviously mostly live content. (laughs) Sure. 
But I, I think we've settled in in most of the plays on our live channel are multiplayer plays. Yes. No, that, that, you're, you're definitely, I would say for both the podcast and the stream, it's a bit uh, more consistently a co-op focus, whereas the main channel has always been very heavily solo and co-op, you know? Yes. Yeah. And so I certainly do. I think I'm the only one who does solo plays on the stream channel. Um, and it's usually for stuff that like is Euro games or whatever else. Some mm. of my favorite games I'll play on there, like Gaia Project I played quite a few times. Marvel Champions, just because I want to keep that content going every week. Uh, if nobody else is available, I'll play that one solo. Or if there's like new heroes out, whatever else. But mm. most of the mm. content on our streaming channel is multiplayer plays. Which is kind of neat, including you're on there a lot. Jerry's on there. Obviously, Steve and Kim are on there quite a bit. Um, Terrence joins me every week. so And uh, Kanji and Barrent on like the chats a lot and that kind of That's stuff. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it, it's kind of neat. It's a different cast of characters that, yes. are, that are on the main channel all the time. But uh, I, I think they complement each other very well. Um, and I'm mm. super happy with how it's kind of evolved over the last couple of years. All right, Mike. All right. I think that's it. I think that's all I got, too. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we will see you all. It is 2023. Woohoo! Going to be our year, Mike. Going to be the year of one It is the year of our first published game. Our first Exciting. published game. Yep. Uh, we'll yeah. share more when we can, everybody. Yeah. I mean, our graphic designer is awesome. I, I, that's all I'm going to say. Like, he has done an amazing job. I am super happy. People are like, oh, can you share the stuff he's doing? I'm like, no, I'm saving this. Like, I'm so excited by it. Like, the, the amount of good work he's done on it that I definitely want to save it for as we get closer to the Kickstarter and we're ready to go. So uh, we will let you all know more about that game. Um, certainly, if you go to our Discord channel, you'll probably get some sneak peeks there. <laughs> we definitely have shared some stuff there, but we're, we're still holding back a bunch of stuff as well. So, Mike, man, seven years. It's crazy. Yep, and even more of that designing together. Yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you'd think we've had more than three published games at this point, but that's all right. <laughs> we're gonna keep two, two, two and a half two and a half published games two and a half i mean i got a copy of mega man adventures somewhere yeah but our pre-order people don't that's copies. true but i will say we have put together a co-op variant for dark dealings dark dealings is available at greater than games website we are going to release that very soon we are very happy with it we just have a couple of tweaks to test and you know get the okay from chris kirkman who is the i said greater than games i lied it's dice hate me games website yeah. uh so go to dice hate me games to look for that um and that variant will be out soon we're also going to make it available on tts probably so you guys can try it over there as well but just for the base game not the expansion content which is all stuff you can get all right mike thanks man great year you too buddy all right bye Bye. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Really? Paint the roses?